This is the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy. I am joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? Uh, you want to know the honest answer? Yes. I'm super fucking pumped up right now. <laughs> I am jazzed. I'm excited to be here. And it's not just because I'm three martinis in. It's because I'm, I've just started my first martini. And we have a killer topic for tonight that I just can't wait to dive into. We do. So, so we are... We are once again, we are revisiting, I think it's probably fair to say, the genre of music that you and I most love, kind of more than any other, right? We are, we are revisiting power balance. We covered this topic, I think it was episode maybe 21 of the podcast. I'd have to go back and listen. And, and so tonight we're doing number six through 10. And I don't know about you, but I love these kind of these six through 10 episodes, right? Because it's, it's not the, you know, the top five are, I don't want to say easy, but they're, 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 they're easy to come to in terms of, oh, that, that kind of immediately bubbles to the top. Maybe the order is, is, is a little bit more difficult. Once you get past number five, though, for me, this is really where you really kind of go into some deep cuts and you really kind of go into deep into the lexicon of, of songs that you really love. Yeah. So, so first of all, let me back up. So one thing that I think is important to mention is that the first time that we did this list, it was actually our second podcast together. So it will be really interesting to see how far we've come since then. You of course did a lot of solo podcasts up to that point, but this one was, was the second one. And I, I, of course, probably like you, I listened to the uh, one through five uh, just to sort of do some prep work and make sure I didn't double up on any of my uh, my power ballads. And in doing so, I realized, yeah, that was the second one that we did. And there were certainly a lot of, you know, it, it was harder to listen to from an editing perspective since I started learning how to do that. There were a lot of things that I wish I could go back and do like a version 2.0 for, but it's, it's, it was really fun to, to go back to when we were just kind of getting our sea legs with this whole podcast thing. Uh, and second of all, yeah, I 100% agree with you. This list is way more interesting than the top five for me because in my opinion, the top five is really more the ones that we had to put in there because we had to honor the legacies of the really popular, well-known songs. When you start getting into the six through tens, you start getting into the lesser known ones, but arguably the ones that I like or listen to more. Uh, and so that's where I think this is really going to get interesting because I think there are going to be a couple on here that may surprise you. And, and up to the last minute, I was trying to make changes. Like I couldn't settle on a definitive list until about three minutes before we started talking. And it, it was really, really difficult. Yeah. So, so I am 100% right there with you. In, in fact, so I just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, I have an Evernote 
you know, of, of every single episode that we do, right? And, and my research, basically what I do when we're doing kind of top fives or tens or whatever, I just kind of go through and I start listing stuff off the top of my head. And then I will delete stuff off the list and, and keep deleting and keep deleting until I get down to, you know, the, the five or 10 that we're going to talk about. On my document right now, I have 17 songs that are that are still right that like I literally could interchange them yeah and so what I did was I, I basically took the you know the the top six of those and I've got five songs that I'm going to talk about and then an honorable mention I'll be honest with you even right now I don't know which one is going to be an honorable mention it just kind of depends on where I start right and I guess what that speaks to in my mind it is not even necessarily the fact that I can't make up my mind, but it's the fact that this genre of music, I just, I hold in such high regard and such high esteem. And I think you've even said on a couple of other podcasts, like we could do this same show tomorrow and we might have completely different answers. Right. And it's not sure. because we're wishy-washy. It's just cause, Oh, that's, that's the song that's kind of speaking to us at that moment when we're putting the list together. So yeah, so much um, so, I, I dare say we could probably do an 11 through 15 list at some point in the future. I mean, I, I almost feel from an OCD perspective like I have to because there were three or four songs and I'm like, I don't know, I feel like it really belongs on this list, but I just can't knock this other one off. I'm going to have to have another list at some point. We got to keep going until we just run out of power ballads. I'm not sure that's anytime soon. Well, and, and here's, the, here's the beauty of this genre, right? There, there's a shit ton of these really, really good, powerful songs that I would, would kind of classify as a power ballad. And yes, I, I will absolutely sign up for an 11 through 15 and a 16 through 20. It's funny, every once in a while, I'll get into a discussion, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or, or, or live in, in person, about my favorite genre of music. And I always say it's the, it's the power ballad. Always. I say it, it, it holds up, I think, better than any. Again, I realize that that's probably the fact that I'm a 40-something-year-old guy and this was just right in my wheelhouse. But this is what I listen to probably more often than anything else, other than maybe our podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. continue to go back and listen to, but I love it. It's, it's amazing. So, um, so if ahead. I had to... So let me throw this out there. How many songs do you think we could potentially overlap for this podcast because i think we did a pretty good job through the first one well let's let maybe before we get to that let's first talk about or let's do a quick review of of the uh, the top five so i'll go through mine real quick so my number five was sister christian by night ranger my number four was faithfully by journey my number three was when love and hate collide from def leppard number two was when it's love by the almighty van halen and number one was Heaven by Warrant. And I tried to make a conscious effort to not repeat any of the bands as much as I could on this list. And I failed twice. So we'll see if you do wow. any better. Okay. But I'm curious to know, okay, first of all, like go through your top five, if you could, please. And then let's speculate on how many of the six through tens we may actually have an overlap for. Okay, so, so my number five was Sometimes She Cries by Warrant. Number four was I'll See You in My Dreams by Giant. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but laugh. Based on a, we got to go into this because we had a conversation yeah, we, earlier. We will. We'll get yeah. there. Okay. Um, number three was I'll Never Let You Go by Steelheart. 
number two was I Remember You by Skid Row. So and number one was Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. <laughs> so so let, let me let me pull up this this text thread that, that we are both laughing about. So before <laughs> let me let me provide the context and you can ahead, read yeah. the text thread. So in the last podcast that we did where we talked about our one through five and, and you uh, you noted the I'll see you in your dreams by Giant, right? And you had mentioned on that podcast that there is a cover version of that by the band called the Bullet Boys. And if you if you don't know the Bullet Boys, you're probably okay. Uh, there's not really anything that you're missing. But you know, you reminded me today that that was a little snippet from our conversation. So you and I, I believe, simultaneously, we're both listening to clips from this album where they had covered this song by Giant. And by all means, take it away from, uh, from the text message exchange that we had earlier. Yeah, yeah. so, so if, if, you, if you don't know the Bullet Boys, they're the creators of the epic known as Smooth Up Inya. <laughs> is that a Bob <laughs> Dylan cover? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I think Smooth Up Inya. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I sent Pip a text this morning at 1044. I said, get a load of this cover album. And I sent, and it was, it's called Rocked and Ripped. It's by the Bullet Boys. I said, I haven't listened to it yet, but the song lineup is legendary, which it is. It actually is like the, in terms of just the, the songs that they cover, it's pretty amazing. It's bold um, is what it is. Considering it, it is. The, the breadth of songs, <laughs> they go from Tom Petty to Amy Winehouse to, uh, to to mainstream eighties rock. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah. So I so I will read it very quickly. It's it's Doctor Feel Good, Living on a Prayer, Take Me Home Tonight, Fucking Eddie Money, Faithfully, Balls to the Wall, Free Fallen, Renegade, Fallen in Love, Fucking Perfect, The Rover. I don't even know what that is. I'll see that you one. in my dreams. Colder weather, Rehab, Broken Wings, Tiny Dancer, and then of course you have to remaster Smooth Up in Ya. Right, of course. So, so, so I said, I said, unfortunately, as I listened to it, the track listing is better than the album. After all, Bullet Boys. <laughs> and Pip responds. He said, yeah, I kind of assumed. Not sure I can even tempt myself with Free Fallen. You have to measure your expectations when you're dealing with a band who is most famous for the song Smooth Up In Ya. <laughs> and here's where it gets. So again, we're kind of going back and forth. I said, Living on a Prayer sounds like a garage band, a mediocre one at that. Pip says, their take on Faithfully isn't terrible, but it's a complete copy. I said, you know what? It reminds me of the soundtrack to a shitty 80 action movie calling Michael Dudikoff, you're needed on set. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which Pip responded, hey, Richard Grieco, we're ready to shoot. <laughs> I said, ha, Free Fallen sounds like it's the back of the Bluebird during soundcheck. If you don't know, the Bluebird was a, was a bar in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, and this and this goes back and forth. And I said, dude, finally got to the song that made me mention it. I'll see you in my dreams. Holy shit, it's terrible. Like, so bad, it's worth listening to bad. <laughs> Pip said, uh, I hate it when you do this to me. You know I have no willpower. And about three minutes later, he says, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we proceeded to kind of go back and forth and back and forth. But anyways... The, the whole reason that I went back to that album today was, again, in during episode 21, I mentioned the fact that the, the Bullet Boys did one of these songs. So anyways, 
let's see. I don't know that I went through. I did. I go. I went through my top five. So let's see. You asked the question: Are we going to have an overlap? If the over under is one point five, what do you want? I'll take the under one point five. There's too many. I'll take the under one point five. I might take the over on this one. Okay. It's a bold okay. choice. And and then there's certainly a couple that that aren't contenders. Like I guarantee you won't pick at least two of these. But well, and, and here's and here's why I say here's why I say I'll take the under. We didn't even have any, we didn't even have an overlap on the top five. That's true. That's what other than you other than your honorable mention was I'll never let you go by Steelheart, which was my number three. That was That's the true. only I would consider overlap. that an overlap. Yeah. Yeah. I just mean a song that will end up on both of our lists, regardless yeah. of the actual slot that I, it ends up. Yeah, I'll I'll take the under just okay. just based on mine. All right, just well, based on mine. Before we dive in, let's uh, let's go with our traditional. What's in your What's in your cup tonight? What's in my cup tonight is it currently is bourbon, is Traverse City whiskey. Okay. Aged in new American oak barrels for three years or more. Three. Three years does not sound like a long time for bourbon, but you know, that's fine. Uh, but it's good. It's good. I actually, I was, so my wife is out of town with my oldest boy tonight. And so I've got my younger two guys here. And so we went and we played nine holes of golf and then we went for a quick bite to eat. And I, when we jumped on here, I said, I've already had two beers and a tequila. <laughs> and then I switched to, uh, to Traverse City Whiskey for the podcast. How about yourself, sir? What are you drinking this evening? I'm back to my well with gin. I've got what is called a, it's a Harahorn or it's called Harahorn. It's a Norwegian small batch gin. So this oh, okay. is, I'm, I'm certainly by no means a connoisseur. I do like gin, but literally what I do is I go into the liquor store and I pick the coolest bottle and I bring it home. And I like this bottle. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and it's one that I have not had before. So I tried it out. It's especially smooth. I really do like it. I don't have to mix it with anything. I can drink it straight and it's just as good as uh, anything else. So now, now let me, let me ask you a question. Has, has that selection process, which I'll be honest, I do that sometimes with bourbon as well. Mm -hmm. Has that ever really bitten you in the ass where it was like a really, really awesome looking bottle and just like terrible gin? No, because I also play the, the price tag game as well. So I kind of know Hendrix is, is sort of my go-to gin. Okay. And for a fifth of Hendrix, I think you pay probably in the high 20s, maybe low 30s for something like that. So snobbishly, I won't go too far below that, no matter how cool the bottle looks, because I feel like, you know, you're going to pay for what you get when it comes to right. that kind of thing. So, so it's like an eight, it's like an eight dollar bottle of gin. That's a that's a no go. Huh? Yeah. If it says beef eater on it, I'm avoiding it like the plague. You can be sure of that. Um, but yeah, so uh so I, I just kind of try something new every time and sometimes it works. I think honestly, the, the only one that I tried that I don't think I would buy again, and I'm, I'm a little ashamed to admit this because I love Ryan Reynolds, but the Aviator Gin was, uh, had a little bit of a black licorice aftertaste to it. Okay. And I'm not a big fan of that flavor. So that's probably something that I would avoid going okay. forward, but it was, it wasn't a bad gin. I just didn't, I didn't prefer that. Okay. Ironically enough, I think that's what you were drinking on mm -hmm. episode 21 when we it did was. this podcast. That is, is it? okay. That a yeah. good poll. That was 100% right because I remember listening to myself talking about gin, thinking, oh, God, okay. you sound like a dork. 
so so I have an so I have an interesting. I don't even know if I've told you this. So a bourbon story. So one of my absolute favorite bourbons is called Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. And it is just really, it's not even a super expensive bottle of bourbon. It's, you know, 25, maybe 25, 30 bucks. I mean, it's not, you just, I just can't get it in Cleveland. I just can't get it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it, I, and I don't know, you know, I don't know why. It's just like every liquor store, every time you go in, it's like, yep, we're out, we're out, we're out. I, I went to Indianapolis a couple weeks ago and you were not home. I know. <laughs> of course I was, I was, st- I was stuck in Indianapolis. I was about seven miles from your house. God, and, what, uh, what are the fucking odds of that, by right? the way? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, I was there for, if you haven't listened to the episode, I was there for a baseball tournament with my oldest son and I drove in on a Friday and we got rained out Friday and Saturday and we played on Sunday and, and Pip said, what are the odds that like, you're stuck in my town with nothing to do and I'm not there. And of course, you know, it is, Hey, life happens, right? It is what it is, but true. But anyways, one of the things that I love about Indianapolis, there's a fucking liquor store on every corner. They're everywhere. It's (laughs) amazing. We don't have a lot to do here. Buffalo trace. It was everywhere. Like I had no problems finding it. I bought two or three bottles just to bring home because, you know, I think it was $26 a bottle. And again, I, I can't find it home. So Anyways. Good, good. Okay. Productive trip. Productive, yes, for sure. So, all right. So it's time, my friend. What, um, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Well, I feel like- How do you want to do tonight? So I like to give the honors to whoever chose the topic. And this time around, that was you, sir. So I would like to hear, no, no, no. Nay, I would love to hear your number 10 favorite power ballad of all time. Okay. So yeah, so it was it was funny. We we were talking earlier in the week, and and I was just kind of in a really I was kind of in a shitty mood. I have a lot of kind of adulting things going on in my life right now, between you know high school selection for my oldest boy, and and you know what kind of where we're sending our kids to school, and just kind of the the world in general, and COVID, and this you know it was I was in a bad mood, and so I sent Pip a text and I said, hey, we're podcasting on Thursday. Uh, what, what's the, you know, what's the topic? And he re- he responded back and he said, um, I believe it's your turn to pick. And I said, shit, I was, I was afraid you were going to say that. Uh, I said, okay, I'll figure something out. And so anyways, I came home that evening after work and, you know, and I turned to the music that I love and I turned to the music that comforts me. And about 1130 at night, I sent him a text and I said, boom, we're going to do power ballads. Sorry for the rash of text, but this is what we're going to do. I need to, <laughs> My I, wife you know? is like, who's texting you at 1130? And I'm like, it's just, it's, don't worry about it. We're, we're just working <laughs> on a podcast. It's important shit. Just shut up and go back to bed. Yeah. So, so anyways, and that's a, that's a true story. I'm not just making that up. That's, that's absolutely what happened. And so long story short, my number 10 is, is a song that I don't know that, that I don't think it's definitely will not be on your list. It is a 1989 single by, and, and this might be what I would consider a one hit wonder. This is a song called Toy Soldiers by Ooh. Martika. Whoa, um, that's a crazy pick. Right? Um, sure, sure. This was one of the songs, like was when I was probably in eighth grade, this is an eighth grade slow dance song, right? Um, you know, th- this is the... The time when everybody, 
the, the girls and the guys are not quite ready to mingle and the guys are on one side of the gym and the girls are on the other side of the gym and the only people that are slow dancing are the people that are quote going together and it was just a very interesting time for an adolescent 13 or 14 year old guy this song though has so much heart to it martika's the way she sings this song, you can tell that it, it, she's singing it from the heart. I, I believe this song, if I remember correctly, has to do with like some drug addiction and, and those kind of things. It's just a really deep song though. And it's one of those songs that every time I come across it, I, I refuse to skip it. I listen to it from beginning to end and I'll actually typically go back to the beginning of it and listen to it again. It's, it's really, it's low and slow. Uh, it's got a great melody to it. I, I just, I, yeah, I just, I love this tune. I would certainly not have guessed it. And now I'm immediately terrified about picking the over on this, uh, on this <laughs> bet because I don't think that's going to fucking work at all. That one I did not see coming. That's an interesting, yeah, I, I like that one. It's a good song. I'm trying to figure out even what genre that fits in. You said 1989, right? So it's it's sort of, pop i guess it certainly doesn't fit in with the with the hair band quote-unquote power ballads but not, i mean it's, no, it's a ballad yeah. nonetheless like it absolutely fits i had one that i almost pulled in here from queen actually which certainly wouldn't have fit the uh, the typical criteria for something like this but i think that's a good choice i can't honestly remember the last time that song ever creeped anywhere near me and I'm not sure I even remember any of the verses. I can certainly remember the chorus because it's really kind of haunting, to be honest. It, 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 it could almost fit in a horror movie somewhere, I think, with with sort of a because it almost sounds like they're chanting, you know, in the in the background. But yeah, you know, you know what it kind of reminds. Yeah, you know what it kind of reminds me of is uh, you're right. There's there's a very kind of chanting haunting to it and in fact i'm looking at the wiki thing here and she says martika wrote the song about a friend who was battling a cocaine addiction and again if, if you listen to the words to this song it almost reminds me of it would it would fit right in with the the crow film right the okay. the, the the brandon lee crow film um, yeah because because again to your point it, it it's it's a dark dark song i don't know that i necessarily understood that when it first came out that was before my cocaine years right sure sure of course hard to remember all those yeah but uh yeah i just yeah i love i just love this too it's funny that kind of reminds me of a song only because of some of the the background sort of chanting similarities but that song called cry little sister uh by Mm -hmm. gerard mcmahon popularly known from the lost boys yes it's sort of like this really creepy like it's almost like these choir girls singing in the background and it definitely has a, a really interesting vibe to it for sure all right, sir, uh, what, you, what you got for number 10? All right, well, my number 10 is one of the three songs, interestingly enough, little tidbit for you, that come out of the year 1990. And this one is from the Damn Yankees, and this is called High Enough, which is their most prominent power ballad. And there was actually another one from the Damn Yankees that I really, that I originally had on this list, and then I removed it. You know, the Damn Yankees, of course, are a, they're a super group that came out of the 90s featuring Jack Blades from Night Ranger, Tommy Shaw from Styx, and Ted the Nuge, Nugent from Ted Nugent fame. 
you know, the only guy in the group that I haven't named that most people have not heard of, his name is Michael Cardelloni, and he's a drummer, and he hails from this small Cleveland suburb that you may have heard of called Solon. He was actually born in Solon, Ohio, and yes, he was. interestingly enough, has been the drummer for Leonard Skinner since 1999. So he's yes, been he playing has. with them for a long time, and I, I just thought that was really cool, but you know, this song has always been, you said that the Toy Soldiers was one that you never turn whenever you stumble on it. That's the same thing for me with High Enough. The great part about this song, I think, as is the case with any damn Yankee song, is the harmonization of the incredible vocals between uh, Tommy Shaw and Jack Blades. For whatever reason, those two voices were meant to be together. And everything that they sing just has this really intense 80s vibe to it and it's uh, even though it's a 90s song technically and, and and they didn't for or their first album I don't think came out until the 90s but you know you take those ingredients and you throw in a pinch of Nugent and you've got yourself a recipe for a really banging hair palette so uh, yeah High Enough by the Damn Yankees is my number 10 pick. I went through several years and again they, they were the same kind of years when I was hearing the Martika song right i went to the roller rink every friday night for yeah, several years right for sure. you know this is probably like sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade you know like those kind of years right and damn yankees were all over that playlist i remember this video like it was yesterday yeah um that this was one i mentioned earlier in the show i had 17 songs this was one of the ones that was in that 17 it isn't an overlap but it was one of those that was kind of in that cut, right? So, so when we do our um, when we do our eleven, you know, our, our next our next version, it very well may may be in that list. Yeah, it's, that's a that's a great a great tune. It really breaks my heart that they didn't have more popular songs because they had just they had such a great sound. Maybe maybe they came along just a little bit too late in the whole hairband era because you know, a lot of those guys kind of started in the late '80s. I'm, I'm not really sure why because I think you know, between Tommy Shaw and Jack Blades. I mean, they're, they're great songwriters. They are responsible for a lot of really amazing songs. So I'm not really sure why they didn't end up having more hits, but you know, that one in itself is certainly a, a worthy, uh, worthy entry in both of their catalogs. You know, it's, it's funny you say that, right? I mean, when, when you think about these bands that are put together, these kind of super bands, right? They never seem to have more than one or two Right. Like big hits. I mean, I don't know. Is that is that because they go back to their other bands? I, I I'm not quite sure. I really don't know. It's a good question. I think maybe it could be an issue of chemistry, because I mean, when you think about Jack Blades and Tommy Shaw, I mean, Night Ranger is responsible for so many good songs, and of course, Styx is you know a, a classic rock band for the ages. It's curious that the combination of the two couldn't couldn't provide better songs or or better songwriting, but again. You also have to consider this was in the 90s, like Night Ranger had been around long enough that they'd made their name earlier in the 80s and Sticks has been around forever, right? So yeah, maybe the landscape of rock and roll was kind of changing by that point and it just wasn't, it wasn't the right time for that band. So I don't know, it's tough to say, but yeah, to your point, like super groups never really make the impact that you think they should. It's not like when LeBron James goes to Miami and Chris Bosch is there and Dwayne Wade is there and then they just dominate and they win a championship. It's not, it's not the same thing. I think the chemistry 
of the individuals in the band lining up properly is so much more critical when it comes to musicians. And it just didn't, didn't really resonate for a long-term career for them. But rumor has it they're talking about getting together and playing some shows. So that would, I mean, what could be better than seeing the damn Yankees open for Night Ranger who is opening for sticks, right? Like Dude, that, who, that, who wouldn't go to that see, show? That that right there is a concert worth going to, right? COVID be damned. That's a concert worth going to. I'm Absolutely. there. Yeah. Count me in. I'll tell you what, if, if we can get that concert in Columbus, I'll meet you there. For sure. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll come to Cleveland, man. Right. I don't there care. It'd be great. All right. All right. Give me your number nine. Okay. My number nine is, oh man, again, so I, I'm going to go, and again, I, like I said, I, I came up with this list, and as I'm kind of going through them, I'm still kind of shuffling them around here. This is, a again, a 1989 song, which is the second one from 1989. This one actually reached number one, believe it or not. It's a Canadian band called Sheriff. Oh, and it is, and yes. it is When I'm With You Yes, Sheriff. fucking epic pick. <laughs> you know what this is just again this is one of those you're at the eighth grade dance and it's the end of the night and you need to go up and ask the girl to dance and when i'm with you come on right and it's go time right it's the last song of the night go 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 ask 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 this song i, I couldn't even tell you like Right. It's, it's a love song, right? It's, it's just a, sure. it's a guy singing to a girl about how much he loves her. And when I'm with you, everything is all right. And everything is all, you know, everything's okay. Probably best well known for the, for the note that this dude hits at the very end. And he goes up like 37 octaves and he hits it again. It, it's a, it's just a fun love song. I, I can't really say a, a ton about it. Right. I, I think, I think it's probably fair to say this is another one of, you know, just like Martika, if Martika was a one-hit wonder, Sheriff probably certainly was as well. I think oh, I couldn't sure. tell you. I couldn't tell you another Sheriff song. But yeah, the, the, these are the songs that just like as I go through these quintessential '80s and '90s power ballads playlists, these are the ones that I just don't skip, and I never skip when I'm with you by Sheriff. That is such a fantastic pick, and that is actually one that bounced on and off my list. So that could have been one of our overlaps. The interesting thing about Sheriff, so I mean, there's there's so many great things about that choice because <laughs> I was at a wedding of a buddy of mine that I worked with, no, I'm sorry, it's not recently, it was, it was more like 10 years ago. There was a point in the evening when they played this song and it wasn't for my buddy because my buddy does not like this music at all, the one that was getting married. But another guy that we worked with, they played it for him because this was his wedding song when he got married. Uh, nice. A very long That's time awesome. ago. And I got to be honest, like when I when they played it, I hadn't heard this in a very, very long time. So it, it's sort of like, oh, my gosh, I even forgot about this song. It's crazy. And my wife has since fallen in love with this song. And every oh, once really? in a while, we will get super buzzed up on our on our back patio and we'll come in and we'll drunkenly dance to this song. Uh, we'll say Alexa play some sheriff, and uh, of course, this is the only song that comes on. <laughs> and uh, we'll drunkenly, very humorously slow dance to this song, and it's great. But one of the interesting things that I that you may or may not know, you you might know this, but I'm not sure if you do. So the lead singer to the band Sheriff, his name was Freddie Kersey. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. C U R C I. He's also the lead singer 
because I remember hearing the song. I'm like, this guy sounds familiar. I've heard this guy's voice because it's a very good voice. It's a very powerful voice. He's the lead singer to the band Alias, which has right, that yes. song more than words can say. And it's, I love that song too. That song almost ended up on my list. So Sheriff and Alias might end up on my 11 through 15. I'm not sure. But this is all just a really long-winded, semi-buzzed way of saying that is an excellent pick. Vocalists will all, people who are strong vocalists will always hold a special place in my heart, as you will see as I continue to go through this list. That is a big reason why I absolutely love this song. And it's a really, really uh, spot-on pick. Awesome. Thank you. What, uh, what do you got for number nine, sir? All right, number nine. Speaking of vocalists, this is uh, arguably one of the greatest vocalists who has ever existed in my mind. I, I will say maybe it's not a cheat, but it definitely falls outside of the time range. But it's it's from a band that we certainly know as being a, a very prominent power ballad band. And it is one of the two that did have a song on my one through five list. This is from Journey. And this is When You Love a Woman. Uh, which is from the 1996 album Trial by Fire. This was sort of a comeback album by Journey. It was the first release that they had since Raised on Radio, which came out a decade prior. It's another piano ballad from Journey, and it certainly is a little bit sappy, but really what expectedly stands out here in my mind is Steve Perry's soaring, soulful vocal performance paired with a guitar solo by Neil Sean that you know, by his standards is pretty subtle because you know he's kind of all over the place. But this song is just a really, really incredible song. It helped earn them their first ever Grammy nomination. And it most certainly would have won if it hadn't been for those pesky lads from Liverpool who just happened to get back together to record a couple new songs for their anthology for the first time since the death of John Lennon. So the Beatles actually won the Grammy that year. Uh, which I think looking at the other contenders would have certainly been journey. But Steve Perry's performance in this song is unbelievable. It's so emotive. It just absolutely grabs me every time I hear it and it just pulls me out. And it's unfortunately not a song that they play very often live, but it's, it's so good and it's so amazing. And Steve Perry being one of the greatest vocalists who has ever walked this planet really, really killed it on this one. And that's why uh, When You Love a Woman ended up as my number nine pick on my list. When did Steve Perry leave Journey? Do you know? Well, so interestingly enough, they recorded and released the album Trial by Fire, I believe in 1996. And they did, I think maybe one show. And they never even made it to a full-blown tour because there was a whole back and forth about Steve Perry needed some surgery. He needed uh, a hip replacement or, or some sort of hip surgery, I believe. And the way that the story goes, I mean, it depends on who you talk to and neither one of them are answering my calls these days, but <laughs> the band wanted to continue on because they were on the, the, the high of this album, which was very successful and was their first Grammy nomination. And Steve Perry's like, I can't go. I'm not going to be able to go. And so the band said, you know, then we're, then we're going on without you. And that's when the band broke up. And that was the last time that Steve Perry ever played with Journey. And from there, in the late 90s, they picked up a guy named Steve Augeri as their replacement, who I loved. I thought Steve Augeri was a fantastic vocalist. He was really, really good. He nailed all the Steve Perry stuff. He had a really strong voice. He was in the band for about a decade uh, before. Unfortunately. He's not the little Filipino guy, is he? 
No, he's not. So Steve Algeri did two or three albums, I think, with Journey and had some really good songs. There was some really good stuff buried in there. Eventually, he he started to kind of lose his voice a little bit. And so they ended up, you know, asking him to leave the band. And they also got a guy named Jeff Scott Soto, who filled in for a, a tour. He didn't record any songs with him. He's he's also a very prominent vocalist and also featured on the Rockstar soundtrack, which nice. uh, we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah. And uh, eventually they settled on this guy that they found on YouTube, Arnel Panetta, who is from the Philippines. And he is phenomenal. He is amazing. And he's they, they've only put out, uh, I think, two full albums with him so far. They're starting to get back on the road, but he's a great vocalist and, and they they go across the entire catalog of Journey with him. But anyways, long story short, uh, When You Love a Woman by Journey, I mean, put that song on and listen to it. And just you just have to sort of feel the power of the vocals in that song. They're amazing. All right. Let's see. I'm up to number eight. Mm -hmm. My number eight is actually the reason that we're doing this podcast tonight. As I said, I was in kind of a grumpy mood. I was probably a little bit drunk and I put on, you know, I just, I, I came back to the music that comforts me. This is a 1990 power ballad. I mean, it is the essence of power ballad. It is by a band, a glam band called Slaughter and it is Fly to the Angels. Ooh, um, you, you tipped your hat to that and uh, your, your drunken text messages to me the other night. I did, I did. And so, yeah, so I, I'm looking Solid. back through my, I'm looking back through my Instagram and I posted the album cover to this album, which is just a ridiculously hot woman, like on a dartboard, just in a, like a see-through bathing suit. And, and what I said was, I said, I realize I'm stuck in a bygone era when it comes to music. Honestly, I don't care. I love what I love. And love him or hate him, Mark Slaughter, that dude could sing. And, and there's not a whole lot from a lyrics perspective. I'm, I'm typically a big lyrics guy. It's part of the reason why I love Sammy Hagar so much. But Fly to the Angels, again, it's, a, it's and, I, and I will continue to repeat it. This is one of those songs that if it's if it comes on, I will absolutely never, never skip it. And like I said, I was in a down mood that night and this one brought me up and it's the reason that we're, we're talking about it tonight. I would agree with you in that Mark Slaughter is definitely an underrated vocalist. I don't think that in the pantheon of 80s hair metal, late 80s, early 90s hair metal, I don't think that Slaughter really gets a lot of credit in that time frame for their efforts and they definitely have some good songs. I, I will fully admit like the, you know, besides up all night and flight of the angels, I don't think I know too much more of their stuff, but very similar to a band, one of their peers winger. Uh, I think Kip winger, just like Mark slaughter has an incredible voice and really kind of gets shoved under the rug, if you will, for, just being sort of a copycat of all the other bands that came out around that time. And that's a, that's a really good song. And that is definitely one that, you know, you can hear some really amazing vocal work. If you give it a shot. What do you got, sir, for your number eight? All right. My number eight is from 1990 released actually on September 11, 1990. This song 
can be summed up best in five words. And those five words are, ooh, it must be magic. Uh, I feel like you're going to get kind of pissed at me because it's another Warrant song that ends up on my list. It's not Blind Faith, but I mean, Blind Faith obviously is, is one of my favorite Warrant songs. But the song I saw read for me is so insanely powerful and such a really great example of Janie Lane's songwriting. This was the second single that came off the Cherry Pie album. And on that last podcast, we definitely talked a lot about Janie Lane who ironically passed away 10 years ago, Tuesday. So today's Thursday, August 12th. He passed away 10 years ago on August 10th. So the anniversary of that, and I remember I sent you a text message with a, I don't remember if it was a picture or a link, but uh, there's a website called ultimateclassicrock.com, which has got a lot of really good articles uh, about a lot of things. And they, they had this really good uh, introspective piece on, Janie Lane and the complicated legacy that he left behind. And this, this song is a really great example of what he did right and his legacy with Warrant. And it was actually inspired by a true story where Janie himself actually found his girlfriend in bed with his best friend. And it apparently resulted in some kind of nervous breakdown that ended up delaying the release of his first album, Dirty Rotten, Filthy Steak and Rich. You know, this is by no means the kind of power ballad that you want to you want to go up to a girl and ask her to slow dance to. But lyrically, it's so introspective and it's just a really great vocal performance. And it's tucked in the middle of an album full of really, really great songs. And, you know, there's just some sort of tragedy about Janie Lane and his legacy that I just I can't keep I can't quit bringing up. There was actually another Warrant song that I thought about putting on this list from an album that nobody knows. Uh, that I think that you might know the song, but this song is just great. And I love how, how intensely internal it is for him to sing. It's not some generic topic about just having feelings for a girl. This is about a very specific experience where his, his world was completely shattered and it's gorgeous. I love this song. We talked on the last podcast quite a bit about Warren and we talked about Janie Lane and we talked about how underrated we both thought he was as a, as a singer, as a songwriter. And again, I, I just have to reiterate it again, right? I mean, th- there are so many Warrant tunes. I mean, we, we, could, we could do an entire power ballad podcast just with Warrant tunes, right? Sure. You know, I mean, Heaven wasn't on my list, but it's probably the, the best power ballad of all time. And Jane Lane just keeps churning them out and you're right i saw red is one of those that like when you listen to it you can tell it's not just a made-up song to make a song right it's like it's nobody writes that song if it's not intensely personal and true right yes it's yeah it's it's not cherry pie right it's there's some shit going on there right and again just massive huge props to Janie lane yeah he was just taken not taken he was he just died way way too too young and i can only imagine what he would be doing you know these these past 10 years because he was prolific in terms of writing that kind of songs when he was with us so that's a, read, that's a that's an amazing amazing pick yeah i'm not sure if you re- read that article that i sent you but it's definitely worth a read because i was going through it and there was a piece of that article that just really hit me really hard 
because, you know, Janie was a known addict for a long time in terms of drugs and alcohol, which is, of course, the cause of his death. And when the coroners, or not the coroners, but when the first responders found Janie Lane unconscious and when they you know, eventually pronounced him dead, they were going through his pockets and they found a note. And the note in the pocket said, I am Janie Lane. And I thought that was really weird. And then it was very quickly explained that his friends would write that note and they would stuff it in his pocket because he was an addict and he was a raging alcoholic. And it was not uncommon for him to go places and have a lot of drinks and do a lot of drugs and then pass out. And somebody would have to find him and figure out who he was and figure out what to do with him. And he never carried identification. He never had his driver's license or anything like that on him. So the only way that anybody could ID who he was, was by someone sticking a note in his pocket on his behalf. Like his friends would do that. It wasn't him that was doing that. It was his friends that were doing that to try to look out for him. And it was just a really sad, really tragic story. But, you know, out of that tragedy, he certainly left us with a lot of really great music. And that song was certainly one of them. Okay. So, so I have, I only have two left Mm -hmm. and and I'm, as I'm going through my list, I'm looking at the dates on my list, all five of the songs on my list. And let me verify this when I look at my number. Yeah. They are all within like a three or four year window. Yeah. Like eight, <laughs> like eight, like 88 to 90. Like they're all, all yeah. six of them tonight are, are in that window. Same for so, me with the exception of that journey song, which was like 96. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know what that says about me other than, Actually, I, I take that back. I do know what it says about me. It says that time when I was in seventh and eighth grade was a very was a very important time for me in terms of kind of my development and my love of music. And the type of music that I love is all about, you know, it, it's it's love songs, it's ballads. Like like most ballads are they're all love songs, right? They're they're all most of them are all about a girl and you know, like there's sure. there's they're you know, they're they're very emotional. So I, I guess that's anyways. So number, let's see, what number is this? This is number seven, I guess. Yes, yes. This is, again, recorded in 1989, released on January 5th, 1990. It's a band that I would not consider one of my favorites, actually. It's a band that everybody knows. It's a band called Kiss, um, mm. and, and it's a song called Forever. This one is a true power ballad. It's got the drums. It's got the loud, big, bold bass and the big, bold guitar. And I really think what sets this one apart is really the drums, right? It's a, you know, do, 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 you know, it's, and I'm, I'm not doing it justice, right? You'd have to listen to it to really do it. Right? The, the, you know, I sound like a fucking machine gun and like a GI Joe, <laughs> but, but, but this one, Again, I've said it over and over and over again. If it comes on, I never skip it. This one, this one was really close to being at the top of my list this evening. I don't know that it ever charted really any higher than maybe number eight on the Billboard Top 100. So it was never a number one. And really, I don't know that Kiss is necessarily known for their ballads, but this one I just, I absolutely love. Probably my... This and Beth were probably my two all-time Kiss songs. Maybe Rocket, um, God gave rock and roll to you. But again, I'm not, I'm not a huge Kiss fan. But this one, is, I'm a huge fan of. That's a really interesting choice. I certainly 
I'll be honest, I'm shocked by that choice, not because it's a bad choice, but because in the history of you and I being friends, I don't think we've had a lot, if any, conversations about the band Kiss. No, and, you know, no, I, I like right. I like some songs. I can't decide if I'm a fan of the band or if I'm just, you know, an, an admirer of what they've done and some of their songs. But that song was definitely one that got a lot of radio play. And certainly, I think about the time that they decided to take off their makeup for a little while in the 80s, where, you know, the, I, I seem to remember that video a bit. It's a good song. It's definitely a power ballad. I, I would agree with you there. It is the definition of a power ballad, where it just has all this energy behind it. And Paul Stanley is certainly sings as you would expect him to there. So I just, I find that so surprising because I feel like I I was never aware that you had any affinity for anything related to Kiss. It's funny. I, I really don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would never list Kiss in my top anything, right? I, I, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm, I would not consider myself a Kiss. I, I'm mm -hmm. more of a fan, to your point, I'm more of a fan of what Kiss did from a business perspective around music yeah. than I am any of their music. This song, though, is, is kind of the one exception to that rule. I'll tell you right. I'm more of a fan of Gene Simmons' wife, her her lexicon <laughs> of, of her body mm. of work than I am of of Kiss. Her body of work or her, her, her... right? Yeah, I might, I might have done that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. No, I remember you, her from Showtime After Dark. And uh... right. Yeah. If, if you if you don't know who Gene Simmons' wife is, that is um, Shannon Tweed, who was in a gazillion in one Red Shoe Diaries and and those kind of things back. In, that was the Skinamax days. <laughs> yes. Back in the day, yes. So back in the days where cable yeah. boxes and uh, watching TV at a very low volume. So your parents wouldn't walk into your room. Oh yeah. That's, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole nother top five list right there. Well, that's, that's good. I, I like that because it was definitely unexpected. Kiss has some great songs. I mean, some, some really amazing songs. I'm not as big of a fan of the band in terms of their capitalism and all that stuff, but you can't deny the uniqueness of what they had to offer when they came about in the, was it the late 70s, I think, or maybe the early 80s. I can't even remember when their first album came out, but they had some really great songs and they kept it going. And the 80s, they certainly were a victim of the 80s in that they changed their sound a lot and they had a lot of power balance and things like that. They're very good about adapting to the changes of what's going on. So that's a, that's a good pick. I like that. All right. Your number seven sir my number seven is one that i feel like if you didn't put it on your list or didn't consider it for your list you might kind of kick yourself but it's not i don't know maybe the argument could be made that this isn't really a power ballad but i feel like it is so i'm going to go ahead and put it on my list i'm going to make the executive decision and just do it this was off of the 1987 album called I Never Said Goodbye by Sammy Hagar. And this is called Eagles Fly. It is fucking epic. This is one of my favorite songs. I mean, to be honest with you, it should have ended up on my top five, but I never really thought about it in the, in the scope of power ballads as power ballads are marketed in a time life best of series. You know, you're never going to find this song on there but I think it belongs there because I think it's a really great song. So after Sammy joined our favorite band in the whole world, he was still contractually 
obligated to Geffen Records to provide them two more albums in order to exit his contract. So when he joined Van Halen, he had to he had to break his contract with Geffen. So they said, okay, you can do that, but you owe us two more albums. Well, this album came out in 1987. So for anybody doing the math, 5150 came out in 1986. So Sammy owed them another album. So after he joined Van Halen, he provided them an album of a bunch of songs that he wrote after he had already joined Van Halen. And there is one, or at least one cameo on that album from one master, Sir Edward Van Halen, who played bass on this song. So when you hear this song, you actually hear Eddie Van Halen playing bass, which is classic. There's a lot of history for this song for, for me and, and certainly for you. Uh, it's a concert staple for him when he's playing these days, which is interesting because it never charted. It was never a popular song. I don't think it was ever a single of any kind. But he's performed this in multiple ways. He does it all acoustically sometimes. He'll do it with the band. Best version of this song all time, hands down, don't argue with me or I'll punch you in the face is the, the show that he did with Van Halen in Toronto in 1995 where he starts off acoustically and then it finishes with Eddie Van Halen and Michael Anthony and Alex Van Halen jumping in at the end. And it just punches you right in the nuts as hard as it possibly can. And it's such a great song. It's a song about being born, as he would say, and Eagles Fly, Sammy Hagar. It's just, it's a really, really, really underrated, really great, very simple, very simple to play song, but it's fantastic. It's one of my favorites of all time. You know what? Argue with me. I dare you. No, 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 I, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't argue with you at all. In fact, you're dead on. I didn't consider it. And, and it's an epic fail that I didn't because it's not an obvious choice though. It doesn't no, fit. No, in it's, with not, it's not. And it is, songs. it is probably, I don't know that we've done favorite songs. We've done favorite power ballads and, and we're down to, you know, we're down to six through 10 and it didn't show up on my list and it should have, it should have, you know, I could probably go back, to my top five list and bump one of those songs um <laughs> you don't have but to again, seriously no but, but again this is the power of the power ballad right i have to relay a specific memory and, and you're right i will not disagree with you at all that toronto show where he starts at acoustic and then three minutes and 50 seconds or whatever it is through the song and when fucking alex comes in and it is I, God, I sound like fucking GI Joe again, but it, but it's amazing. <laughs> it gives me, I got goosebumps thinking about it again. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I remember when I bought that version of that song, I bought it in Bloomington mm -hmm. and I, and it was on a, there was a tin. I can still remember it. It was a tin CD, like a disc thing. And it came, it was a blue disc and it was a B-side of whatever whatever song, whatever album I was buying. And it was this live version of the song. And so I saw them, I've, I've seen Sammy play this song a hundred times, both as, as the solo, you know, solo Sammy act, as well as with Van Halen. I went to a show at Blossom Music Center and I saw Van Halen play this song. And I was not the, the designated driver. <laughs> this particular <laughs> night. 
And uh, my, my friend Pam was the driver. And so she was kind of taking care of me that night. And Blossom is very similar to Deer Creek in that it's an outdoor amphitheater. And we had lawn seats. And good old Chewy went to the show and got just blitzkrieged. And I might have napped for a couple songs, you know, <laughs> during, but, but when Eagles Fly came on, I can remember this like it was yesterday. Pam helped me stand up because I needed some assistance. And there was a, the best way I can describe him was this biker standing in front of me. And he was like totally bald with just a ponytail. And he had the, the beard with the goatee that was probably two feet long. He looked like something right out of, what's the biker show? Um, oh, shit. Um, Sons of Anarchy. He looks like something oh, right out sure. of that, right? Yeah. And he and I just locked eyes and we, be- and we just headbanged through that entire song. And it was just, you know, just like that, you know, and it was. But again, it was, it's just, it's such, it's a powerful song. And you're, you're you right. The fact that I don't have that on my top five or my six through 10 is a fail of fucking epic proportions. <laughs> um, and if I were, if I could go back, I would do it again. And I'll tell you what, Give to Live off that same album yeah. is, is right there. I mean, it is, it's so good. Yeah, I yeah I've gushed about your pick long enough, but yeah, you, it's a long way of saying you're absolutely right. It's a well, great song. I, I got lucky in that it sort of crossed my path as I was making this list, and it didn't make your list not because you don't like the song, but only because it didn't really fit the mold of what we had originally started this list for. But if we're talking about time frames and we're talking about '80s music and we're talking about power ballads, I feel like this kind of fits that, and it it, it just sort of hit me out of nowhere. So I'm like, I got to put it on this list. I thought that you might think of it. And that's kind of why I guessed that we might have some overlap, but so far, not anything at all. So no, but by uh, all means, our, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're trucking through the, the last portion of this. So give me your number six. My number six. So this is, this is my last one, right? My last one tonight, other than my honorable mention, mm-hmm. um, you actually mentioned you mentioned the, the singer already once tonight. This Ooh. is another one from 1990. This is by a guy by the name of Kip Winger. <laughs> um, and it, it's called Miles Away. Oh, um, so good. So Kip Winger and Winger is probably, I would imagine, probably best known for 17, right? That's probably their their most well-known song maybe i don't 17, know 17 easy come easy go easy yeah yeah and so, so kip winger if you don't know he is a he is the lead singer of winger he's also a bass player which which is a pretty kind of rare combination where you've got the singer slash bass player winger ironically enough not ironically was a was a three-man band right so it was just a, a guitar player a drummer and a bass player this one came out in 1990 I think it got on maybe number 12 in the Billboard Hot 100. And again, I I can't really say much in terms of kind of depth of this particular song. It's just got a really good melody to it. It grabs me every single time. And I I, I am, I'm a a big fan of Winger. And this one, I, I think this one is probably on more kind of essential ballad 
mixes, right? Or, or mixtapes or what have you. There's probably five or six songs that are on most of them. You know, you got Every Rose and Heaven and, and I Remember You and those kind of things. This one though, kind of bubbles up to the top of, of a lot of those albums for good reason, because it's, it's just a great, great song, but I don't really hear Winger all that often. And so I, I really wanted to put it on my list here. I love the song. Winger has a bad rep, I think. And a lot of that should probably be attributed to Beavis and Butthead because <laughs> we all yeah. remember that Beavis had, uh, I'm going to try to remember this right. I think Beavis had a Metallica shirt and Butthead had an ACDC shirt. I might be I mixing think so, those yeah. two up. I, one or the other. Yeah, I don't remember and their, much, but yeah. their nerdy friend, was it Stuart? Had Stuart a had a Winger shirt. Yeah. Stuart had a Winger shirt. And I feel like everyone liked to dog on Winger. But Kip Winger was a fantastic vocalist. He really had a strong voice. And it's funny because it wasn't until many years after Winger was relevant in any level. And some might argue how relevant Winger ever was. But it wasn't until many years later that I sort of got exposed to miles away. And I think that is an amazing song. It is so good. And it did like maybe four or five others ping pong on and off my list as I was trying to finalize this thing. I think the first time I heard it, it was actually an acoustic version of it off of one of those, what was that series? It was like metal power balance, but it was all- Oh, they were so stuff. good. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. There was one of those where it was like completely acoustic and I just couldn't believe how powerful his voice was and how, how good it sounded. And so, yeah, that, I mean, that's an amazing choice. And it's one that I actually have a Spotify playlist where I, I call it my B-side ballads. And it's all of these types of songs, like it's Sheriff and it's Damn Yankees and it's uh, some of the Warrant songs. And Winger is certainly on there. Miles Away was the first song I put on that playlist because it's that good. All right. Your last one of the evening, sir. What do you got? All right. My number six was one that I, I don't believe we've talked about so far. It's one that very easily could have ended up on my top five and maybe in that respect could be considered something that I, yeah, I talked at the beginning of the podcast about some of these I felt like I just had to put in the top five because of how popular they were and the reference of uh, their, their place in 80s pop culture and things like that. This was from 1990, uh, the second album from Poison, uh, Flesh and Blood, this is called Something to Believe in. And this song to me is so good, top to bottom, everything about it is so good. Obviously, Brett Michaels wrote all the Poison songs. Combination of a lot of different things, I think, that happened in his life. Former bodyguard that passed away in a Palm Springs hotel room, as the lyrics go, as well as a cousin who was uh, wounded in Vietnam. And this is what I'm getting from my research. Poison... You know, they get a lot of shit when compared to their peers for reasons that I'm not really sure I understand, because I feel like they bring everything they have to every show that they've ever played. And they're one of my favorite bands live. They really are. But one of the things that I like most about them, and especially Brett Michaels, is how if you've seen this band live every single time without missing a single beat they play the song they dedicate it to the troops and and i'll be the first one to admit like i don't get overly emotional about the 
you know, dedications to troops and Americana stuff, just because I feel like some of that is pandering and it just doesn't, it doesn't hit me emotionally like that. But the difference between the pandering and the Brett Michaels of the world is that when he sings this, like it, it just, it feels different. And then I've seen poison enough times that when the show ends, Brett Michaels stays on stage while his roadies are tearing down all his equipment. He high fives everybody and in the front row and, and it reaches out to everyone. Like he genuinely cares about every single person who's in that audience to support him. He knows where his bread is buttered and he seems to have a really honest to God appreciation of his fans. And I love that about him. It comes through very genuinely for him. The song's got great lyrics and it's, it's a really emotive guitar solo by CC DeVille, which really complements the overall vibe of the song. And I just, I can't get enough of this song. I never changed this song. It's got some really great piano, acoustic guitar, electric guitar. It's the best of every, every world in this song. And it's, yeah, something to believe in by Poison. It's a, it's an amazing song. I put I put every rose as my number one song in in the last podcast, and so you 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 kind of know my how much I love Poison. Sure. This one's right there, right? I I would agree with you. The the kind of the we love our troops thing is I won't say it's overdone because it can't be overdone, right? Like. I'm not suggesting Absolutely. that, but, but, but you're right. There are, there are times when it's done and it doesn't feel genuine. This is not one of those times. Brett Michaels, when he sings though, I think it's one or two lines in this particular song. It's real. It is. That's he thinks about that every single time, every single night that he sings this song and to him, it doesn't lose its importance. You can, you can just kind of tell that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and because of that, that emotion and that importance to him comes out. And I would agree, Brett Michaels and Poison is, is really, they, get a, they, they do, they get a bad rap and they've got some amazing songs and this is 100% one of those amazing songs. Yeah, I, I, it's a great pick. I think that Brett Michaels should get more credit for this than he ever has, because this isn't just a sappy love themed. Power no, it's ballad. not. No. This has nothing to do with love. This has to do with, you know, loss. It it's has regret to do with, and loss. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to write a song about and certainly not a popular thing to write a song about in the late 80s, early 90s, when, uh, you know, these hair bands are facing their you know, their demise, you know, before Nirvana comes out in about a year. But that's why I think that this song really stands out to me. It's not a strong vocal performance. I mean, I'll be honest, uh, as honest as I can be, you know, Brett Michaels is not a vocalist. He's never been a good singer, in my opinion. But he has a tremendous amount of energy and he seems very genuine with everything he does. And that more than makes up for his ability to, to be an overly talented singer. So, so yeah. That was why I chose that song. Okay. So as I talked about at the top of this podcast, I had like 17 songs that, that <laughs> kind of made that made the, the end of my list. Right. Sure. And so, so I came up with a top five and then, so now I'm, I'm left with like 12 that could be my honorable mention. And, and I will pick one. I will pick one. one. You only get one. I will, I will but I'm going to talk about another one, but I'm going to talk, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick one. 
but when I get to the one that I'm going to talk about, you'll understand why. Okay. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start with my one. This is another one from 1988. It was released in 1989. So again, it's in that, that, that three or four year window. This is another one that for me was all about when I was going to the skating rink and I was skating around on Friday nights and I was meeting girls and I was skating with my girlfriend and, and this, that, and the other thing. This is another one that is the epitome of power ballad. This is by a band called Kicks, and this is called Don't Close Your Eyes. Um, <laughs> nice. This song, and again, this this is just, just like your last pick, this is not a love song, right? This is a song all about suicide, right? This is, this is, this is a song, don't close your eyes, stay with me, you know, this, that, the other thing. Yeah. So yeah, I got, I got a song about cocaine addiction with Martika. I got a song about suicide. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not super uplifting here, but this is one of those ones that it, it sounds a little bit different than the other songs on our list, right? It actually sounds a little bit like the damn Yankees song, but it just, it sounds a little bit different and it's and it's set apart and and I don't know the first thing about any other kick songs. I don't I don't know that I could name another kick song. This one though, and again I, I've said it. I don't skip it. That's a pre, that's kind of a prerequisite for this particular list for me. But this one makes me stop and think about the lyrics. And I can't listen to this song if I'm in a bad mood because it'll put me in a worse mood, right? Because it really is. It's a, it's a pretty dark and deep song but that doesn't take away the fact that it's it's an amazing tune and i absolutely love it i agree i think that's a really good song and i'll be honest i don't think that i've ever really taken the time to invest myself into listening to the lyrics or reading the lyrics to understand it but i do think it's a really good song it was arguably their most popular song that came out they had another song called cold blood which i really like and that gets a lot of play on hair nation but don't Close Your Eyes is a really great song. And it, it feels like when you listen to that song, it feels like the singer is really pulling from some kind of personal experience. It doesn't feel like some kind of schlocky, I'll just write some lyrics and whatever sounds good, we'll make that work. It, it sounds like there's something pretty powerful behind what's going on there. So I think that's definitely really good. Yeah, it, again, it's, yeah, you, you can tell it's, it's a real, it's very much like I Saw Red, right? It's a very personal song that you can tell that the, that the songwriter kind of really, really put a lot into. Okay, so he, here's the other one that I wanted to talk about, right? Okay. And we've mentioned it not only in episode 21, but we've mentioned it tonight as well. And it's Blind Faith by Warrant. Nice. Right? That song, and I'm not sure kind of, I, I don't really understand how it hasn't made my top five and it hasn't made my, my six through 10, but it clearly needs to be mentioned because it's a song that, at least for me, it's up in this echelon of these songs, right? I've mentioned it multiple times. I mentioned it when I, I gave the toast at your wedding. I've, it's an important song to me. We've already talked about Janie Lane. We've already talked about Warrant several times. Uh, again, I'm not sure where it goes in any of these lists, but I just wanted to I wanted to specifically point it out because it is a power ballad. And it's probably one of the ones, honestly, I, I don't know that it's a song that a lot of people really know about, right? When you're talking about Warren, people know Heaven. They know Sometimes She Cries. They know Cherry Pie. They know I Saw Red. I, I sure. don't think they know 
I don't think they know Blind Faith. With the exception of Heaven, it might be the, the best song they've ever written. Yeah. And, that, and nobody really knows it. So. No, it's a, it's a good point. I think that it gets way overlooked. I'm not sure it was ever released as a single. I'd have to go back and look at that. I did not do the research, but it's another Janie Lane vehicle that is a really good example of how prolific he was as a songwriter. And I think he, he did a great job with that. It, it vocally, from a vocalist perspective, he also just completely nailed it. I mean, it was a really good song. And I, I sort of feel like the same as you, like it, it could have ended up on my top five because these things you know, flip around all the time, but it's tough with all the other really great songs out there because it, it's just not one of those ones that comes up right away, right? Like there's, there's so many other songs that you feel like sort of helped to promote the, the zeitgeist or the whatever whatever the right word is at the time right like all of these songs all these power ballads that sort of defined the musical output of the late 80s and the early 90s and that song doesn't always fit in there or at least it fits in there but it, it didn't it wasn't as popular as some of their other songs right yeah they had so many other songs so like as a b-side or a c-side or whatever you want to call that thing it's still a really amazing song so i, I Absolutely. I think it's worth yeah. mentioning. All right, sir. Well, we, we got we got through it. Uh, we, we did our six through ten. Uh, well, hold on. Hold oh, on yeah, one I'm second. Sorry. You got to give me my honorable mention. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. Absolutely. No. Uh, so my honorable mention is one that is a band that has not been brought up on this list a single time. Nobody has talked about this band or any of their songs or the singer who I think is fantastic. Rest in peace, he is no longer with us. The song is called The Search Is Over and it's by the band Survivor. And this song is so fucking, it's so good. It's really, really, really good because the vocals, it's all about the vocals. Jamie, Jimmy Jameson was a really underrated, very talented vocalist. He passed away about seven years ago he was terrifically underrated as a singer and you know he sang other great survivor tracks like i can't hold back high on you and of course burning heart from the rocky four soundtrack That's which amazing. is so good right <laughs> and what's interesting about jimmy jameson is that he was not the original singer in survivor so when when people hear the band survivor they automatically assume or they automatically think back to i the tiger he's not the lead singer of the band for that song he certainly sang it many times because he became the lead singer of the band and they went out on tour and he had to sing it but he did not perform that originally as it was recorded but easily the most recognizable and the most important vocalist that they ever had and they had some really great songs in the late 80s and the search is over it's just this really great ballad that i mean yeah sure it's kind of cheesy but every ballad is and should be cheesy to some degree and this doesn't disappoint but his vocals at his prime were amazing they were really really good and i'm i'm sort of psyched to be able to introduce survivor into this conversation for the first time because i think this is a highly underrated song as are the ones that i mentioned that survivor did as part of this and so that's my honorable mention it's an outstanding pick I'll be honest with you, when, when I think Survivor, once I think past Rocky, I go with I Can't Hold Back 
but you're right. Th- this is an awesome song as well. It's crazy that we've gotten to the end of the second episode talking about power ballads before we've introduced Survivor, right? Um, yeah. And I'm glad you. I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you did for just that reason. Well, what's even crazier is that we have gone. We've each gone through Firehouse. I guess well, <laughs> that's what I was <laughs> going to say. Like we've each gone through twelve songs, right? Because we've yeah. had five songs and one honorable mention for each podcast we have not mentioned firehouse once and they were on my list and i took them off at the last second so so they, did i i've got a couple yeah i've got they a have great songs and i can't yeah. say anything bad about firehouse but every song on this list that i just said like i, I just i don't know like it goes back and forth it depends on the day and the time yeah. But yeah, the same. Firehouse are known for their power ballads. There's there's nothing that they've done better than power ballads, and they have not ended up on either one of our lists so far. Well, yeah, and it just and it just goes to show that there are some really fucking incredible power ballads out there that yes. they keep getting they they keep getting mentioned as also rands at the end of each of these podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we we uh, we got through it. Uh, I, I think it's probably fair to say that this is not the last time we've, we're going to talk about power ballads because uh, we both love this shit and we could keep going for hours and hours and hours, right? It's also fair to say that this is easily our best podcast to date. And if we don't get at least 4 million downloads, I'm going to consider <laughs> it a disappointment. Like. I'm just going to go ahead and say this was a complete I think, failure I think, I think of an that's experiment. Probably, I think that's probably fair. I, four, four million. million I think it's a, yeah, I think that's a good number to shoot for. That's yeah. that's where I'm putting this. So, you know, if you're listening, all all three of you, I need you to download this podcast 1.5 million times to make sure that we hit our numbers. That would be great. Yes. Thank you. All right. My friend, thank you once again for joining me. Uh, this has been the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy. I've been joined by, once again, my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. Have a good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. I love you. It's been my pleasure. I love you back.